0: I think um, all of us as parents and uh, those therapists who are listening, we want to be able to coach parents to have children who have the best chance at being resilient, having a sense of positive, sense of self. So parenting is this time to really set that foundation. And then we know through lots of research that if we can establish that safe relationship, that solid foundation through that consistent, secure attachment parent style that we'll call it, then that actually gives the best chance for the child to have all those wonderful qualities that we like. A sense of self, an ability to integrate when really stressful things happen to them and they don't get overwhelmed. I would use the term that that's actually what trauma is. When we get overwhelmed by situations, it can be traumatic to us. Well, the way we integrate that trauma is we do need that secure base to go back to. Welcome uh, to Sessions. I'm Dr. Rob Gent uh, with um, Embark Behavioral Health. Pretty excited today because this is the first in a solo podcast where it's just me talking and we'll go over some research and talk about relevant issues. If you're a parent or you're a therapist, anybody in the mental health field, we're gonna go over some um, basic type of stuff to be able to learn and grow from. And today, I really wanted to spend some time talking about parenting. Parenting is the strongest predictor of an adolescent's internalizing and externalizing behaviors. Just take a moment to think about that. Parenting is a really tough job. And why that is is because it's pretty clear that what we experience in adolescence from our parents carries with us and actually impacts us through the lifespan. If you guys who are listening, we've all had a set of parents, whether it be uh, biological or non-biological caregivers, we call those parents. I wanted to just spend some time and talk about what can we do as parents? What is our influence? What is our responsibility? So we're gonna be talking about our time today is about the influential role of being a parent. I think it's important to start off, especially in the treatment world, that. Parenting expands beyond those biological givers. And when we think about you know, the, uh, the father who's contributed or mother who's the biological mother of the child, lots of times we're in situations where those might not be our parents, our primary caregivers that have raised us. So I wanna really talk about first is parenting isn't specific to the biological. I often get this question is, well, what does make a, pa- a parent? So I like this definition. Those who do what is developmentally best for others are really considered parents or caregivers. I want us to spend a few minutes on that. Those who do what is developmentally best for others really function as parents and meet that definition. I like to talk about vertical relationship versus horizontal relationship. A vertical relationship would be defined as a true parent relationship and we'll go back to this term, that does what's developmentally best. You know this term development. It might mean that boundaries are clear, nurturance, being able to be consistent with what those appropriate boundaries in relation to what is healthiest for um, physically, psychologically, relationally, all of those things. When we have this lens of we're going to do what's developmentally best for a child or somebody else, then that really puts us into this really appropriate caregiver-parent relationship. And why that's important um, to distinguish is that oftentimes we'll say, well, I'm super good friends, or I want to be buddies, or I want to be pals, and my child should like me, and let's talk about adolescence for a little while. If my adolescent likes me, we can be friends. When we do what's developmentally best, that actually might be challenged. It actually might be incredibly uncomfortable that we might not agree. We might not, the adolescent might not like it. And we're gonna follow through with what are reliable and predictable boundaries. Um, I also like to consider adding this, that really a parent or a true caregiver, oftentimes we think it stops at a certain age. I like some of the literature that says that being a real parent in a parental relationship is about promoting and supporting that child or that other person from infancy throughout adulthood. Now, for me, I often laugh because even my own mother, she'll say, well, (laughs) Rob, you're Obligated to hear my advice. I'm your parent. And even though I've been an adult for a long time, it's funny how, like, she's still my parent. There's still this looking out for what's developmentally best. There might be some, you know, obligatory advice involved, whether it irritates me or not, whatever that is. But it's interesting that when we establish that parental relationship, we can certainly evolve into becoming friends and being friendly and doing all of that. But parenting actually takes place throughout the lifespan, which is really meaningful. A lot of us have mothers that and the term mom will mean something for us. And we respect that figure e- even in well into our adulthood. So I think that's important for us to be able to embrace Um, That sense of, gosh, what does it mean to be a parent? When we talk about boundaries and establishing rules and expectations, frankly, that can be really hard. So I want to take a step back for a second and say being a parent is super difficult. Being a parent of an adolescent can be incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging. Um, For those therapists who are watching and taking this in when we're doing parent coaching, And when we talk about that, it's been pretty well established that we need to talk about and provide some psychoeducation around what what does it mean, what is the structure of being a parent. And obviously that role is really influential, but how many of us parent because of the way we were parented? Most of us. There was no manual, there was nobody who gave us this specific book on how best to parent. Maybe we've read some literature, we've gotten some advice, but overwhelmingly, most of us parent the way we were parented, and many of us even have a backlash against that and often said what? I'm never going to do what my parent did to me. I'm going to do the opposite or I'm going to do this. And then oftentimes I laugh because I catch myself in this often. I'm doing the very things that I promised that I would never do that my parents did to me that might irritate me or annoy me. And I find myself doing those things. So it's pretty hard to actually change, just completely flip-flop our parenting style if we need to. But that is to say, When we talk about parenting, we need to first establish, what is the structure? And that's why I like defining even more talking about. What does it mean to be a parent? Those who do what's developmentally best for somebody else. That means that we might not be liked, we're not going to be their confidant, we're not going to be their buddy, but it's actually the most loving thing we can provide for a child is reliable, predictable, safe boundaries that are rooted in what's developmentally best for a child. Now, why is that important? because a child is so reliant on that caregiver to provide reliable, predictable nurturance and to be able to meet their needs. Not their wants, but their needs. That actually gives the child an experience that they're valued enough to keep them safe, to have those boundaries in place. It actually communicates something incredible to the child. I love you enough that I'm gonna do what's best for you no matter what, no matter if you flop on the ground, throw a tantrum, yell, scream, shut down, whatever that is, I'm going to follow through with what's doing best. Now, let's talk realistically. Lots of times it's really hard for parents to know what is best for their kids, especially if we come from homes that didn't do that for us, or we've got experiences where people were, might I use the term, enmeshed or were contingent upon us. That term enmeshment just means that they're reliant on how the child's emotional state is, might dictate how decisions I make as the parent and I'll adjust those boundaries so they become semi-permeable or wavy or flexible or too flexible or inconsistent, that I'll do what I think the child wants. And believe it or not, that's incredibly unsafe and sends it creates a really bad and unsafe, unsafe experience for the child. And m- maybe many of you listening have had that experience. And so it's really hard to shift that. And there might be an, an overindulgence to the child in the adolescence. And we know adolescence is filled with a time for what? There's a time adolescence is filled with, I'm, my hormones are developing and I want this sense of autonomy and yet I want connection. Within that autonomy, I want to develop my own skill set, my own friend set, and I'm trying to venture out and do that. But what's important to mention is that that sense of trust and security with the parent sets the foundation that the child can go out. There's lots of research out there, and I want to be able to talk about this a little bit. But children raised by parents with reliable boundaries who are responsive to the child's needs— and do what is developmentally best for the child, tend to have healthier self-esteem, healthier positive peer relationships, healthier positive communication with their parents, and able to integrate productive coping skills and be resilient, frankly, versus those who are raised with parents with insecure or inconsistent parenting styles. So the research is pretty clear and I think um, all of us as parents and uh, those therapists who are listening, and we want to be able to coach parents to have children who have the best chance at being resilient having a sense of positive, sense of self. Uh, These days, how many times do I ask a parent, how's your child's sense of worth? How's your adolescent's sense of self? And they'll say, wow, they really lack a sense of self-worth or a lack of self-esteem. They are uh, maybe filled with a sense of shame, and they combat that shame how? They're constantly on their phone. It's about how many likes that they have and all this external validation, and it gets very confusing. So parenting is this time to really set that foundation. And then we know through lots of research that if we can establish that safe relationship, that solid foundation through that consistent, secure attachment parent style that we'll call it, then that actually gives the best chance for the child to have all those wonderful qualities that we like, a sense of self, an ability to integrate when really stressful things happen to them and they don't get overwhelmed. I would use the term that that's actually what trauma is. When we get overwhelmed by situations, it can be traumatic to us. Well, the way we integrate that trauma is we do need that secure base to go back to, um, to be able to have a sense of self, to be able to show regret, remorse, empathy, all of these wonderful characteristics believe it or not, are set by that foundation. So what are you saying, Rob? There's a lot of responsibility on parents, but I always like to talk about what's rewarding about being a parent. Why be a parent? Why take that responsibility on to do what's developmentally best for somebody else? It's really hard. It's easier to be buddies or pals or to be able to grant privileges or buy them things that might not be where they're at developmentally, Maybe they're inappropriate, but they really want it. I mean, that's the nature of adolescence is they're trying new things. They're trying to get ahead of themselves. But how many of us have parents or maybe as adolescents ourselves, we can get that cart ahead of the horse and might give them too much? And believe it or not, it, this is a really tough thing to talk about because like a cell phone is such a given thing in our society. But has a cell phone with unlimited data ever become overwhelming? for an adolescent. Of course it has. Have they ever used that device inappropriately? And I can tell you, it's incredibly hard to try to rewind that and say, wow, I gotta set a boundary because the use of that data, it's not developmentally what's best for you at this moment. And making those decisions are incredibly, incredibly hard. So let's talk about what is rewarding as a parent. And for those therapists who are watching, would certainly encourage you to, uh, as we define what parent is, and you might be coaching parents, to be able to talk about and explore with them, what is rewarding about a parent? Why did you choose to make this happen? Why did you choose to be in this uh, parental relationship or caregiver with the child? Hopefully they'll say some things that are encouraging and they actually do get joy out of it. We need to often remind parents because especially when there's been long days and it's been really tough and they've been nagging adolescence, we know can be pretty a time of uh, (laughs) annoyance and irritation, if you will, but also a time that's really super rewarding. So let's talk about that for a second. What is rewarding about a parent? I oftentimes like to talk about the physiological impacts. That when we're in a parenting relationship, we know that if it's safe and it's predictable and there's secure attachment, that even connecting with a child that we're parenting can actually fill us with something called oxytocin. And oxytocin feels incredibly rewarding. It allows us to calm our nervous systems and actually feel connected. We provide eye contact with that adolescent, even though we know adolescents can be eye contact avoidant on some level, but believe it or not, adolescents are longing to connect too. Our DNA, believe it or not, is hardwired for connecting. This is called social engagement theory. We're actually hardwired to seek out attachment with humans, evolutionarily, it brought us safety within the masses, within our own group. The more we could feel attached and a sense of bonding um, throughout the lifespan, it actually protected us because then we knew that others would feel empathetic to us and those who were stronger would protect us. The same thing still happens us to, to us today. So let's go back to what's rewarding. One is we can produce this connection and it feels amazing to be in a trusting relationship even though the adolescent might be pushing and pulling, it actually sets a really rewarding framework for them if they know that they can trust you, that you'll be there, that the rules that keep us safe within the house, those boundaries that you have that make you a reliable and safe caregiver, those feel amazing to the adolescent. And believe it or not, that gives them a secure base for them to return to you. And as the parent, that should make you feel pretty good. So the oxytocin can begin to flow. Believe it or not, when there's that oxytocin, well, it actually combats or resolves something we call cortisol, which is a stress hormone that can lift and take off. If you parents out there, have you ever been nervous or anxious or been stressed out by what your adolescent is doing, your teen is doing? Well, certainly. But as we find out that they're okay or they return back into the home and they return to that secure base and you're able to quote-unquote co-regulate, maybe provide some safe touch, maybe be able to give them some nurturing eye contact, to be able to show them some empathy and then be receptive to that empathy. All of those things can be incredibly rewarding in knowing that I'm doing what's best for my child. So there's some oxytocin, it resolves cortisol, and actually there's an element of even dopamine that can kick in. Dopamine's an interesting neurochemical neurotransmitter that gets released, that it gives us that really good feeling. It's nice to build those dopamine pathways with our adolescent, and this is, I would use the term, it's intersubjective or dyadic. Together, we simultaneously build the muscle memory that when we see each other or when we're near each other, there's that sense of security that, believe it or not, both of us get this dopamine release that actually feels good, and the oxytocin begins to flow, that it it draws us together. And so that can be rewarding. And just knowing that your, your adolescent or your teen or throughout the lifespan has a secure place to return to and that you can provide some empathy and listen to them and they don't feel judged. That feels incredibly rewarding because I will flip the coin a little bit. How many of you as parents or as therapists or just as people, that's important to you, that you would actually like to have a secure friendship to be able to go to that can listen to you, that can provide safe eye contact, uh, some sense of empathy where you feel really cared about and actually safe and nurtured. Again, producing that environment is really kind of challenging, especially for adolescents, pushing and pulling on it. And then the ultimate reward is down the road to see some improvement with their ability to regulate and to be able to calm their brains. I always like to do the hand model of the brain, but if we can get adolescence, which is filled with a time of hormone release and over-emotional excitement and trying to figure everything out, we've got a lot of lid flip where irrational brains aren't necessarily online and talking. It can be highly emotional and irrational at times. Imagine being able to build on that and then be able to see that over time, wow, there's more a sense of what we would call regulation and an ability to delay gratification, to be able to make great decisions for me long time and maybe I want to go to college and then sustain a job, and then they begin to do what's uh, productive and developmentally best for themselves. I know that I get to experience all this time. I have my own two children and as they make positive decisions, it's incredibly rewarding. And even as they struggle through life, if I can establish that secure relationship for them and be a reliable and predictable parent, I know it gives them the best shot at going through those tough experiences that help them to develop. Because actually, we all know that going through toughest experience is necessary, just like experiencing a ton of successes is necessary for our development. So being a parent, should be incredibly rewarding, and I always want parents to be able to measure that out. Is that why I'm going to go through all this tough stuff and learn what boundaries are and to follow through with those things and make sure that I do that? Absolutely. So parenting is an incredibly influential role, but it comes with a ton of responsibility, and the first step is really knowing that there is some amazing reward into being a parent. And I didn't even mention probably the last piece— is developing trust and all this, but it really is this amazing service. I, I, it's funny because I like to use the term that, that there's really no altruism. So people would say, well, I have children and, or I had children just to give to them. And so the reality is we get a lot out of having kids and we get a lot out personally out of providing service. So having children, it, it's okay to say, and I like to say this, is that what do you get out of that? you have to be able to identify the rewards. What are you getting out of that? It's important to define that because if parents can't identify and they lose sight of what's rewarding about being a parent, you can imagine what immediately happens. There's resentment that sets in. And so we need to be able to reground ourselves. Do we know that parents ever get resentful? Yeah, and does that throw things off? It actually does because then we're filled with all kinds of expectations. And then that unmet expectations turns into all kinds of resentments and then conflict and difficulties within the relationship. And as a parent, we can easily lose sight of what's rewarding about nurturing and following through um, with our adolescent. So we remember what's reward. What else I want to shift into is being a a parent – I wanna hold this concept of one fundamental piece about being a parent is really that you're going to have breaks in the relationship. What does it mean to have a break in the relationship? Well, most oftentimes, we'll have this connection, and most people can identify even as a parent, I feel connected to my child. They're responding. They're giving me eye contact. We're able to co-regulate. We're able to talk. um, We're able to share emotions with one another. And then adolescence kicks in, and for whatever reason, we can have a break in that and we step out of that relationship and there might be distancing or isolation or an influx of conflict, all of that can happen. And as we, as the caregivers, believe it or not, it's possible for us to misattune or do something that perpetuates the break in that relationship. But the good news is if we even, now think back, I've certainly made this mistake that we were in a situation or I said something as the parent that I said something that was judgmental or shame producing because my own resentment or and that usually is driven from fear. Do adolescents ever do anything that causes parents a tremendous amount of fear? Well yeah they do because they're trying to assert their autonomy. They have access to bigger and scarier things in the world and so it's certainly possible and we can lose our cool and flip our lid and make those bad decisions. But what's really exciting is that the good news is that we can go and repair those relationships. So all is not lost. So I like to rewind it a little bit more is that we've been talking about secure attachment parenting. And we can certainly lo- learn that style and it's filled with responsiveness and nurturance and consistent caregiving and doing what's developmentally best, all of that is gives way to this parenting style we call a secure attachment parenting style. When we do all those things, we set the framework for having this stable or reliable relationship But as we move into, that can be broken while well, we can also repair it. We'll talk about repair in a second, but what I wanna highlight is that people will often ask me, Rob, what if I didn't get or there wasn't that secure attachment relationship? What if I was raised as the parent? What if my parenting, my childhood experiencing or who, those who parented me was filled with inconsistent caregiving? What if that was filled with a little bit of of neglect or inaccurate responsiveness or maybe authoritarianism or, you know, somebody was emotionally abusive or Whatever takes place that we would couch that as insecure parent attachment style, and it can be anxious or avoidant. But if we have that, many people will ask me, Rob, if that's take place, can we still have the positive effects? Can we still get to this place where we can be effective parents and have effective parenting? The great news is, yes. I always love to say this to parents. Even if you haven't had that experience, as you, as the parent, you weren't raised that way, or even you find yourself that your children might have some inconsistency with that parenting. The great news is we can repair that. So, what does that look like? Let's go in and talk about that a little bit. So, repair is a practice. To repair that relationship is important. And I'm just going to give us a simple formula to do that. I call it R E I an expression of regret, expression of empathy and an intention to change. I would encourage you, you don't need to have inconsistent parenting style. You can do it if you have secure attachment or somewhere in the middle. The reality is is all of us, most of us in our parenting style are somewhere in the middle. We're not perfect all the time. The reality is is I would encourage you with your adolescent is to practice that, just an expression of repair, you as the parent, because oftentimes we feel like what? No, the adolescent keeps making the mistake, or why do they keep doing this, or they keep acting out. They keep experiencing a tremendous of anxiety, so they're continuing to isolate or withdraw, and it's about our frustration. I've told them, I've explained to them how to do it, I've provided them every resource, and I'm still moving as the parent, I'm still moving towards frustration with them. This would be a really great opportunity, and please practice this, to go to your adolescent, to go to your preteen, to go to whoever you're having this relationship. Go to your child and say, you know what, I I just want to tell you, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I want to tell you I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I think I've been misattuning or I've had unrealistic expectations or I've missed that you've been feeling really sad or feeling isolated or feeling bullied or feeling disconnected. And this is a really hard time for you. So, this is where we shift from an expression of regret to that place of empathy. Gosh, if I am you, I'm feeling really overwhelmed or with school or I'm feeling bullied or this pressure to be, you know, all the things that are on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever that is, is that I'm feeling that pressure. If I'm you, That must be feeling overwhelming and it feels more lonely because my parents don't understand me, they just get on me and there's all this expectation. See how they react and then say, my intention is not to do that again. My intention is to be more attuned. My intention is to really think about empathically what's best for you. Now what's interesting is I do always say this, that empathy and being able to repair is only as effective as a person is reliable and predictable. How many of you have ever heard a repair from somebody and they say, well, my intention is to change, blah, blah, blah. But you've been through it so many times that you start, that starts losing its meaning. We actually don't want that to happen. And the whole point of this exercise is to be able to practice it because it actually flips the paradigm on its ear. Oftentimes we want the child to recognize their wrongdoing, to recognize their regulation and to be able to change. But in reality, as a parent, to do what's developmentally best, we see an opportunity where we could have done better. And then we give that to them. And lots of times that's about shoring up boundaries. Well, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry because, you know what, we should have followed through with not having you drive the car if I knew you were super dysregulated or you were so frustrated or we just let you go out to this place when really we should have kept you close or kept that in because you were crying and you were isolating and we weren't communicating and wow that must have been really scary so I'm going to change those things for you. So we've talked about some parenting principles, how rewarding it is to be a parent, how tough It is to be a parent. Some differences in parenting style, secure attachment style, we would all love that. But the reality is is most of us lean more towards an insecure, a bit of an anxious parenting style. It's easy to have what I call inaccurate expectations. Oftentimes our adolescent might be 16, 17-year-old, but at times they flip their lid and they act more emotionally much more immature, maybe a 10 or 11 year old, and then we lose sight of that and we can get frustrated. Why don't you act like the 17 year old that you are and you want all this autonomy and freedom? It's hard for us to adjust back, but it's important for us to remember all of those things. So in today's sessions, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about what it means to repair. And I want to leave you with the fact that parenting is a wonderful responsibility It comes with a whole lot of influence, and we can see by the research that is predictive. Actually, research has shown it's it's associated when we have secure attachment parenting, reliable, predictable parenting, not that we need to be perfect parents, but that's actually associated with uh, more productive development for the child. And even as they go into from moving from adolescence to young adulthood into adulthood, that we actually see that take place. So what I would encourage you is we're going to be doing some follow-up stuff on parenting. I would encourage you to uh, watch our upcoming sessions. We're going to be diving more into parenting. And for you therapists who are watching out there, we'll be covering some basic principles in how to be able to give some psychoeducation and some experiences about how do we create this positive, secure attachment relationship with our adolescents. Thank you, everybody. See you next session.